Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spin Radio, your guide to understanding the trends, tools, and techniques to help your business thrive in the fast-moving landscape, digital and web. I'm Michael Reynolds. And I'm Allison Gibbs. We are your hosts today. Standing in for us, actually sitting in for us, uh, in place of Nathan today, is Sam on the control board. Hey, Sam, what's up? You can't hear him. He said, he what's said up? good morning. <laughs> no, but fun fact about Sam, no matter what time of day it is, Sam always says good morning. It could be 8 o'clock at night and Sam will say good morning. I should add that to his bio on the site. Oh, yeah. It's always morning. I like for to Sam. add to, to everybody's bios without them looking. Yeah, you can pop that <laughs> in. So thanks, Sam. We appreciate it. We have a great show for you today in Weekly Roundup. We have uh, pretty much all Allison today. It's the Allison Show. I didn't contribute a darn thing today to the show. So I was a little bit lazy, but Allison has a few things on a weekly roundup, something about Twitter, yawn, uh, something about uh, Rosetta. No, I think you'll like the thing about Twitter. I just like to make fun of Twitter. I know. I like to make fun of Twitter as well, but I think you'll like this. All right. I'm I'm open-minded. My mind is open. I think you'll like it. I think it's up your alley. Uh, Something related to machine learning, and the one I'm most interested in is number three, which is three consumer attention myths holding back marketers. Sounds juicy. Then for our main topic today, we are going to talk about schema, website schema. It's something I don't really understand fully myself, so I'm pretty excited about it. So we may try to coax Sam into joining us and popping over to the table, and we've got a mic all ready for you, Sam. Really, I think Sam will just be like the typical, um, like when you see like the IT crowd and you see the IT people, the tech people come in and they say, move, and... Fix what everybody tells what we're saying wrong. Yes, yeah. tells me what I'm saying wrong. And or whatnot. the Fifth Element. Have you seen that? I, I mean, it's been a minute. Classic. Yes, yeah, seen. yeah. When uh, when they're interviewing Corbin Dallas, it just goes like fine or whatever. Like that's Sam. When Sam's on the air, he's pretty much like a like a Corbin Dallas oh in the gosh. air. Like I one word answers. All about that character. Pretty. Uh, all I remember. Pretty minimal. Lilu Dallas multipass. That's like all I remember <laughs> about the movie. And that's the, such a good movie. <laughs> and the chicks singing. I mean, that's, it's not a good movie, but it's like such a like fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, now that we are totally off track, let's start with Weekly Roundup. So, what is Twitter doing today? Something about audio-only live... Oh, I yes, see why you think see? I might like okay, this. thank you. This now, looks sort of podcast-ish. Okay, y'all, I like how he just glossed over everything. I'm going to click and that then, link. And now he's... Okay. So, Twitter ads audio-only live broadcast For shows like ours? For shows like ours, oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Tell me more. Yeah. So it is a new feature that was confirmed a few weeks ago. Um, We've been off the air for a little while. So uh, this was confirmed a few weeks ago. And what I think is interesting is that they are embracing the the podcast lovers, I think, or the audio lovers out there. And they're taking that stance. Um, It's very clear that Facebook is very and Instagram are very much into the visual space. And Twitter is kind of owning the market now in the audio space, which I think is really cool. Um, and I don't often say good things about Twitter. <laughs> this is say, true. I don't say good things. About, but this is a good, I think this is a good thing for them. They're kind of taking them, like, they're. I think they took a moment, had a moment, um, and and started to evaluate where they could fit in. And all you do is, well, let me, let me back up. Um, it is available through the iOS app. So, um, sorry, Android users at the moment. It is only available through Does the anyone really the use iOS Android anymore? app. Well, my husband moved over from an Android to an iPhone. If this, Pat can move from summer. Android, anybody so, can do it. In my opinion, nobody else is on Android <laughs> anymore. He was, the, he was the last one. I know a lot of people that still use Android. Um, but it's also available through the Periscope app. Now, it does not... 
define whether or not it's specifically iOS or Android. But so for Twitter's iOS app, um, there was an update that was done a couple of weeks ago. So if you if you haven't updated your Twitter app and you don't see it, just go through go through your updates and see if it's there. And then uh, you uh, you start an audio only broadcast uh, by tapping the live button, and then there will be an option to broadcast audio only. And then you can do that, which I think is really cool. So it's making it really easy, I think, for people to um, to just start to record their content, their audio content. And then what I don't know from there, um, I don't know if you are able to download. I haven't tested this out myself, so I don't know if you're able to download the file after the fact um, to be able to upload it to another program. So I'll give this a try. I actually... Yeah, I'll give this a try this weekend. Or can you upload pre-recorded files? Or can you upload? No, I don't think so. It's all mm-hmm. live only. Yeah, it's okay. only live. It's live only. It's still pretty cool. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I'm very bullish on the audio only format. Yeah. So it says, um, they said it may also prove to be a useful way to share updates longer than 280 characters. So they're definitely not saying that this is a way to. Um, they they are not using the term podcasting in this article. Um, they're very much using the term audio broadcast, which I think is interesting, live audio broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, to me, I don't know uh, with likes and comments. How long can your broadcast be? I'm, I'm looking. I don't the, see a limit. I don't limit. see a limit on it, on it either. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and this I, is pretty pretty nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm kind of uh, intrigued by this. So, Well, and how often do you hear people... Uh, I mean, and myself included, that they don't want to do live video or they don't want to see themselves on video, but they have no mm-hmm. problem talking about anything about the topic. This is for whatever. the introverts out there that don't yes. want to be on camera, which I mean, yeah. I, I much prefer audio. Like I can sit in front of a microphone and jabber, but in a video setting with like an actual video camera, it's just kind of awkward for me. Now, what I don't know is planned for the future is so... um I don't know if they're going to have some sort of mechanism that allows you to, so similar to like your Instagram stories or your Facebook stories or your snap stories uh, where you can just, you can tap on one and then it starts going through all of your stories. I don't know if they'll have a mechanism like that where it will say like, here are all of the live audio broadcasts, just hit play and you can start going through them Mm -hmm. because I think that the thing that's going to be key to the success of this is people not having to sit and scroll through their phone and tap on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they need to have some sort of mechanism within the platform that will allow people to just kind of go through and to subscribe to their own channels. Hey, look, Nathan's listening. He oh, put hashtag he? don't video me in the uh, Spinrito Slack <laughs> channel. So. Well, thanks, Nathan. Maybe one of these days we'll turn this show into a video format <laughs> just to make everybody happy. Yeah, probably not. So. <laughs> Well, that's cool. I hope this helps Twitter, especially because a couple of my mutual funds have Twitter as holdings. So, you know, <laughs> if Twitter does better, <laughs> I'd appreciate that, too. I'm not counting on it. I'm not holding my breath, but, you know, whatevs. So what's next? What's Rosetta? Um, so Facebook announced uh, earlier this month that they under they let me just stop and collect my thoughts for a second. Um, they are they've developed a um machine learning process called Rosetta, which is understanding text and images and videos. So they have the technology now, or they're developing the technology that allows them to 
uh, when image when words when text or words are on images or on videos, it can process what those words are, and then um, use that in its indexing. And, correct. Well, yeah. and I think more so that it is um, maybe to use it in a way to identify inappropriate or harmful oh, yeah. content. Yeah. yeah. So I think that 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 the goal in this is so just to back up right now, <clears throat> according to Facebook, the majority of when you when you report something to Facebook, um, people are going through those individuals are going through like those real items. people. Yeah, like real people are going <laughs> through through those items. Um, now there I'm sure there's an algorithm that gets it escalated to certain people and whatnot. Um, but this, I think, is in an in the effort of trying to um, kind of maintain and and regain the integrity of their platform that they're trying to put this in place to help help um, help that move along faster and help identifying those things those the the inappropriate content um, to move along faster now I will say that some of the stuff that gets flagged as inappropriate content on Facebook even I'm in some garage sale groups um, and local groups as well where you know moms are sharing stories or friends are sharing stories or what have you some of the stuff some of the dumbest stuff gets flagged um so i think that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done with this but it's at least moving in uh, they're putting the effort into uh, machine learning and the machine learning um system is called rosetta so yeah. that's where rosetta comes from interesting yeah i don't know how this will affect marketers overall but at least we know that they're making the effort right Points for effort. <laughs> Points for effort. <laughs> All right. Tell me about these three consumer attention myths. Yeah, I love this. So I got this from, this was a think with Google and uh, they, these are, and I will say that a lot of this data is from 2017. So some of this may have changed just, just in the interest of full disclosure. No, December 2017. Yeah, it's not that far no, back. It's not that far back, but I still like to say, you know, 2017, some things may have changed. Um, You're such so, an ethical reporter. Allison. I try. I try. <laughs> No fake news here. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, these three myths. So, myth number one is people have the attention span of a goldfish, which I think is really interesting uh, because I've never felt that way about humans in general. Is that we have such a like low attention span that you know something isn't worth it, or that visual content isn't worth it, or commercials aren't worth it. And we'll talk about commercials and advertising here in just a second. Um, but according to data. Um, 81% of video viewing sessions capture people's attention. So the breakdown of that is 41% says that it gets all of their attention and that 40% says that it gets most of their attention. So when people say that, that our attention is um, that, that we have a short attention span, um, then maybe that's probably because your content isn't good and people don't want to watch it. So there's <laughs> I that. I see what you did there. Yeah. So there's that. Um, so it all goes, you're going to hear us say this over and over again. It's all going to go back about the quality and targeting the, audi- the, the audience appropriately. So if people aren't watching, then that's an indicator that what you're providing is either not targeted correctly or it's just not resonating with people and you just need to go back and make some adjustments to that. So myth number two, people pay attention to all screens equally. And so the oh, we know that's to not that, true. yeah, but you would be, you'd be surprised. Seems obvious though. Uh, uh, correct. Um, I mean, how many times do we have the TV on here in the office while we're working? 
and we're not actually yeah we're like halfway we're, paying attention you know, we're, yeah. maybe 30 percent yeah paying attention to what's going on on tv right um i tend to have tv on in the background while i'm working quite a bit so uh they said one of the questions they said when you've got tv on how how often do you find yourself fully focused on it and how does this compare to when you're watching videos on your phone so um the latest research supports what we intuitively know to be true. When people are in lean forward viewing mode, they're one and a half times likely to pay attention than when they're in lean back mode. And they're 1.8 times as likely to be in lean forward mode when watching online video compared to TV. And that makes sense when you've got, um, and I just think about, you know, how when you're at home and, you know, you've got your TV, you know, probably mounted on the wall, you've got it somewhere, you know, in a common area and if you're sitting there and you're on your phone, chances are your phone has more of your attention or whatever device is in front of you, directly in front of you, has more attention, more of your attention than the TV that's on in the background. Um, unless you are dedicating yourself to the television at the time, which what are you doing when you are dedicating yourself to the television? You're probably watching a movie. Mm-hmm. You're probably watching a specific show. Um, and so... It's more um, when, when you're talking about advertising, when you're talking about video advertising, then maybe it's more going to be worth more money to put that money into some of that online advertising. Yeah. Makes sense, right? Um, okay. I love this one. <laughs> oh, I love this one. So, this is the last myth. Even if people pay attention to content, they've learned to tune out ads. And I love this myth because. Um, n- nobody loves a good advertising campaign more than me. And I think I'm really Nobody? No, r- nobody? Really, really. Okay. Michael, how often do I sit here and analyze advertising <laughs> campaigns? I, w- I went on a soapbox a couple of weeks ago. I'm with you. Yeah, Mikey. you're not yeah. wrong. Right? You're not wrong. So um, I am a big believer that if you have a really good advertising campaign, you will capture people's attention regardless of... Um, if they if they think they've learned if they think they have learned to tune out ads, and one of the things that I loved about Hulu advertising, so before uh, we upgraded our the account that we use here at the office to um, an ad free account, we would watch Jimmy Fallon every once in a while at lunch. And do you remember the ads where it would? They would use Jimmy Fallon as the oh, yeah. as the sponsor, and it was yeah. like you were it was like you were watching it was very, the show. It was continuity of the show, yeah, yes, and it made people it captured people's attention. It was something that was super basic. I'm sure it wasn't cheap. Full disclosure, but um, it that it, it at least was well thought out. It was well placed, and it caught people's attention. And so I know that when you're talking about the time, you're talking about streaming services. We're talking about people cutting the cable. Um, you know, there are still live sports out there. There are still live channels, um, even with a streaming service. Um, there's a streaming service that Sa- I know Sam uses and I'm about to start using where you can still have live television and you still have access to the commercials. Um, your chances are you're probably never going to get, get away from the ads. And so if you are going to be thoughtful about the placement of the, these ads, then if you start to tailor the content appropriately and you make it really good, then it can be really successful. I will say banner blindness is still a very real thing now. <laughs> when I say that is definitely, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Well, thank you. No, thank Sorry you. I contributed zero to weekly runs today, that's but okay. those were all very interesting things. I can't tell if you're making fun of me right no, now. No, I'm serious. Or... I contributed nothing today. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's okay. Michael, how many days have there been where 
I haven't contributed anything. So. And more than once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that is a good time to segue to our main topic, which is website schema. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is probably one of those topics that most of our audience probably does not know much about. Um, not because they are not smart, but just because it's one of those really obscure things that is not often talked about a lot. It's not kind of a shiny, you know, shiny object that's fun to talk about in marketing. It's more a little bit uh, related to the code and the markup of the website. But it's turning out to be fairly significant when it comes to organic search and the structure of the site. And so I think it was two weeks. We missed last week, I know. But the fun fact about why we missed last week is two weeks ago, we had our listener rap session with um, Heather Chastain. Heather, yeah. And we were just talking about a lot of different topics based on her questions. And we kind of incidentally talked about schema and we're like, hey, we should talk about that next week. Yeah, let's do it. And so we kind of promised we'd do that as our show the following week. And Alice and I totally forgot about that. And we rolled in, you know, end of last week, like, what's our topic? And we're like, oh, we forgot because <laughs> we didn't write it down. I suddenly remembered like the morning of and we're like, you know what, let's let's make sure we wait a week and do it justice and have a little more time to prep. So we missed last week, basically, because we flaked out. So this week, we are officially doing the show on schema. Transparency. <laughs> this is transparency. Getting real. So uh, it looks like you've kind of outlined the discussion today into what is schema, how does it work, and how to get started. I l- oh, can you say the word one more time? Schema? Schema. Is it schema or schema? I say schema. Oh, schema? Uh, how do, how how do you, you say, say it, Sam? Sam? Schema. schema. So I'm saying it wrong. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that you're saying it wrong. I just think it's it's schema. interesting the schema. way that you are saying it. Well, I'm going to Google the pronunciation then. Of course Let's you see. are. Pronounce. <laughs> Stand by here. We're gonna we're gonna solve this. It looks like it. I could see where you would think it looks like. Yeah, it schema. Schema. According to this YouTube video, which I just clicked on, so schema. who knows? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, schema. It is no more schema for me. Oh my gosh, I think it's that sound yeah. that's like driving me. Anyway, <laughs> driving me a little bit up the wall. That's All okay. right. So, what is schema? How does it work? And how do you get started? Well, I'm glad you asked, Michael. My favorite topic. <laughs> um, okay. So, first, before we go into what is schema, I want to talk a little bit about structured data because um, schema is a type of structured data. Basically, it's a we'll get there. Okay, so I can already feel <laughs> Sam looking at me. Okay, okay. Um, okay so structure. We've given Sam um, know, open invitations to just pop over here on the mic whenever yeah, we say, say something because that he really, wants to correct or that is. I will say before I jump into this, a lo- this is very technical and it can be you can get really into the weeds on this. Um, so I'm going to do my best to keep this really high level, and then if you have specific questions. Don't hesitate to email us, radio at spinweb.net. Um, but this can be a very technical component and discussion. Um, and obviously, it's a technical implementation. So I shouldn't say obviously. We'll talk about the implementation here in just a second. Um, okay, so structured data. So structured data is um, information that is set up or formatted um, so that it can be understood by anything basically universally understood i guess is probably a better way of saying it and so the reason why we want structured data every you're time so nervous because sam's right time, next to you every time i see <laughs> sam move i'm like oh my gosh is he looking at me okay whew, okay um sam don't listen just like so the reason why, no i want him to listen because if i'm saying something incorrectly i want him to that's fair yeah. um so the reason why we want structured data and why we strive for structured data is because 
that means that things like search engines or search engine crawlers or bots or whatever we have going can more easily uh, detect what is on the page and then serve up results in a different way. That's kind of the high level overview of structured data. So schema.org is a markup vocabulary uh, for structured data that was developed by Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, and Yandex. And I'm sorry, and who? Yandex. Is that the uh, blue guy on Guardians of the Galaxy? Yep. Blue alien guy? Okay. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> right now, but yes. You've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, but you know I don't remember any of those details. What's his name, Sam? Yandu, Yandu, right, Yandu. Okay. I was close. You know I don't remember any of those details. Close. Is it yeah. Thor? No. Is it Captain America? No. <laughs> don't remember anything. Your, okay. your two boyfriends? <laughs> got, yeah. One's your beau, one's your boyfriend, right? Yeah, they're all my boyfriends. Oh, okay. Duh. Um, even Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening, guys. <laughs> wow. What? What? Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> you said wow. Um, okay. So it was developed by Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, and Yandex. And the goal is that they could have a universal structured data markup for all search engines to understand. Now, um, I will say that, um, so the Microsoft is obviously Bing. So it is not known right now. Let me just confirm this. It's not... I don't think we can say definitively whether or not all search engines are using this, but um, I would be I would be very confident in saying the ones that, that matter. Do that the ones that matter? <laughs> right. This this is the one like that you Google and be. sometimes Bing. Correct. This is the the one thing that you should um, <laughs> that you should probably pay attention to. Um, okay, so with and so I kind of I mean, does that kind of give everybody the background as to what it is? So structured yeah, data so far. Yeah. yeah. So schema is the specific language or the specific vocabulary of items. And basically what they are doing is they are pairing a name with a value that helps search engines categorize and index your content. Okay, I'm with you. Right? Okay, so there are certain tags, microdata tags, that um, equate or that uh, get mapped next to the content on your site. And so uh, an example would be, I, let me just start, I'll just start going into examples. So an example would be if you are a site where you have, um, where you're pretty heavy in events, uh, there's a, a special event schema markup that would allow for us to tag the different fields. So if you are, if you're the website, uh, if you're the person that updates the website on your for your company, chances are you're probably using fields in some capacity. If you're using custom uh, post types or custom modules or something like that, uh, you've got fields that you enter your information into. And so basically, on the back end, what the schema is doing is it's matching the code for the vocabulary for that structured data with the field when you're inputting it. And then that allows for search engines to then display the content within search engine result pages the way that you kind of want it to be seen. Um, so an example would be if you have a uh, the event title, the event date, time, if you've got images that go along with it, all of that can be tagged with these schema tags. And so 
the thought process is, is that if we can then control how the content is laid out on a search engine result page, then that could potentially give us a leg up on our competitors or on the people, the other sites that are showing up or the other pages that are showing up on search engine result pages. That gives them, that gives you a leg up because your search result looks a little bit different because you might, you might be providing more information. Um, also, it's believed that the snippets that you see at the top of the page, that some of the, that the snippets are controlled by schema. I shouldn't say controlled by schema, but um it's it is informed by it schema. is uh it does not hurt to have a schema in there <laughs> I, i'll put it that way um because there is and and Ma, i even i looked up on Moz just to make sure because i wanted to say this correctly um it is not known and there's a lot of debate back and forth whether or not the schema the, that structured data in general affects rankings themselves so what it you said there's not a lot of data there's no data oh there's no data yeah they said um well let me rephrase that it says there's from moz themselves as of yet there is no conclusive evidence that this markup improves rankings so why do all those seo tools bark at you when you don't have it uh aha there are some (laughs) indications the plot thickens that search results with more extensive extensive rich snippets like those created using schema will have a better click-through rate and a better click-through rate to your site helps improve your rankings overall. So okay. it's not a direct. So it's an indirect rank, factor. Correct. Potentially. And, but they didn't say it, it, it. Yeah, they did not say that it's indirect. But I would say that it's an, an indirect result. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So um, one of the. So the. So how do you do that? Am I going in the right order? I don't even remember what I put this order. Um, so how does, so what is schema? How does it work? Do I think, did I cover? Well, while you're looking at that, I was also works? looking at one of our clients uh, who is a, a local business and it looks like, you know, I kind of looked at the source code for the schema stuff and it looks like it's all related to, you know, the type of business. It, it kind of matches it with their Google uh, business page, mm-hmm. uh, the Google business profile, the Google map listing. It has a lot of really detailed data about kind of mapping that business other elements out there on the web like Google's mapping and business service also, Correct. as well as giving context about what type of business it is, uh, the location, the street address, all that kind of stuff. So that kind of helps to, for me anyway, to kind of clarify what it's doing. Yeah. So um, it maps to its Facebook page, yeah, and Twitter it, account. And the, the thing is, is when you, so all of this vocabulary is available to anybody. You can go look at this right now. It's at schema.org. Um, there's a whole list as you could go through. I, if, if code is not your jam, I don't know if it'll be really, uh, if it'll be intuitive to you. So just keep that in mind that it is very much a developer resource. At least I feel like it's a developer resource. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the, with schema, um, what is important is going to be going through and prioritizing what is important to you. Or what is important from a uh, from an SEO perspective, or at least prioritizing those items. So, in the case that you just mentioned, you said very specific things like the mapping, the address. Um, I think were services in there. Yeah. So, services, what types of service they provide? Services social they accounts. Provide. Yeah, social accounts. So, I, oh. if I remember correctly, if it's the site that I think it is, um, I we prioritize the location first because we knew that people were searching based off of location. Yeah. So we prioritized the location first, then we went into services and the other components as well. Business type is auto Business repair type, shop. Yeah. 
So uh, you can what I would do because this is there's a lot that could go into this and I don't want to make this sound super easy because it's not always really that easy. Um, there are some components that can be very easy to implement. So things like the address items, the location items, even business hours, uh, business hours. Yeah. There are some things that are easier to implement and you certainly, you have to have, um, access to the code on the site. This is not something that you can just drop in. Um, so like I always have to have Sam or Nathan on our team help anytime I want to make any changes like this. So there are some items that are super easy to implement. And then there are others that I think take more thought. So if you are a a financial financial institution, for example, um, there are all kinds of components that you can go through with your products and with your products and your product offerings and your team member names. Um, And it's, it's all going to go back to how you want to prioritize that. So what I advise doing, if this is something that you guys want to implement, which I certainly don't think that not having it is super harmful, but I think ha- implementing it can help you, can help improve. Well, it's one of those little I'm, details that most people don't pay attention to, like site speed, SSL. Correct. You know, this is one of, these little things kind of add up. And every indication you can give to search engines that you care about validation of data and that you care about the the proper structure and following the guidelines they have uh, published, I think is a good thing. And again, we don't know exactly all of the the rules and algorithms going on behind the scenes, kind of a black box. We do have a pretty good sense that when we follow the rules that Google tells us to follow, we pretty much come out better off. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gathering my notes here, making sure that we're sure, making, sure. making sure that I'm covering everything I want to talk and about. And again, this is not really talked about yeah. very much. I, I, I mean, when you run SEO software scans, they usually bark at you about schema, and they well, you yeah. know, they mention it. Yeah, they'll but say you it's don't, missing this, but it doesn't yeah. say like what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I would venture to say most sites that we encounter don't have any kind of schema markup in it. Um, that plus the fact that they're slow and don't have SSL. Like, there's you know some very basic things that you can you can really start to implement and that does nothing but help you in general when you're paying attention to other things like the content, like inbound links, like other factors. So yeah, everything, everything matters to me. Everything matters because it's, it all adds up. Yeah. So what I would advise doing is working with your website partner and uh, basically making a plan for next steps, because in some cases, like I said, some of the stuff that might work for you or might be the best option for you is something that can be implemented really quickly others it might take more of a planning process um and you might even need some updates to your site to go along with it so if you want it to be structured perfectly aligning with the schema options then you might have to um you might have to add some items to to your modules or to your workflow in order to make it all work so just keep that in mind that it's not something that is um that you can just flip a switch on. It is something that takes some thought and it does take some planning. So the, the kind where I would recommend starting is, and how I would recommend attacking this is prioritizing the different areas of your site and then developing and implementing the code on different components of your site, because you're not penalized if you don't have it implemented everywhere. Correct, Sam. Yeah, so 
Um, you're not penalized if you don't have it everywhere. So if you can only do one or two things at a time, that's okay. That's better than nothing. And uh, it's just sometimes it's just a lot easier for you guys as a team, I think, to uh, to just kind of break it down into chunks. So um, things like your news articles. So if you are a news-based organization or if you've got a publication that you want to rank, um, highly recommend adding the the schema to news. Same thing with articles and blog posts. Now, one thing I didn't look up before this, um, does HubSpot automatically add the schema in the back end? Oh, good question. Yeah, do you know, Sam? Do, I don't. I don't think they Did do. You not? Yeah, I think if. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so what Sam just said is that the schema is too specific for HubSpot to just um, have a blanket, uh, have a blanket, uh, you know, thing there that says, you know, here's the schema, which I agree with. Yes, that makes sense. So articles, blog posts. So we've got news, articles, blog posts. Um, if you are an author, books. Um, if you uh, if you have a if you are a location based entity, whether it's a nonprofit, you're a theater um, your movie theater, your local business, what have you, uh, mapping and address and locations. If you have e-commerce products, so there's no question that I mean all of the big players are are u- utilizing the schema markup within their um, within their site. So um, add it to your site, and then events is another big one. And then another item is uh, ratings and reviews, which I think can be really cool because then um, you can add the ratings and reviews. Well, they'll show up then within your uh, within your search engine result pages. So yeah, nice. if you've got really good reviews, then that's a that's an awesome thing. And if you're working really hard on that and getting that, um, I just thought about this. We should probably add that for that client that we were just talking about. Right on. Um, Make a little note of that. Continuous improvement. Thanks. Um, see, this is what happens. <laughs> we just. <laughs> well, you should do podcasts. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you just. Uh, sometimes you just think of things randomly. Um, so those are. That's where I would start. Now there are also other components that you can add where it's like team members. So if you know that people are searching your for your specific team members, um, where I see this a lot could be within financial institutions, specifically within. Uh, like commercial banking, lending, where if somebody says, or wealth management, I guess is another um, is another entity where it, somebody says, you know, who are you working with for your commercial lending, or who are you working with for your business banking, or who are you working with, or who did you work with on your mortgage? They'll they're more likely to give you an individual's name than they are to say the uh, the institution. And so by having that in place for your members or for your um, for your constituency, for your users, then that could help with with uh, the click through rate as well. So people and there are I'll tell, I mean, you could dive into this for hours. There are so many different options. Um, you can go through there are different industries. So an example would be uh, there's a theater uh, that we work with quite a bit that um, we can put. The, the schema code for their shows. Um, there's a uh, there's one for travel agents. There's one for wealth management. I mean, they're all well, there's something for everybody. Is what the, you're saying. I mean, really, <laughs> there's and when I say there, it's not a one size fits all. I really mean that. So you'll want to go through, consult with your website partner, 
and put a plan in, in place. And if you're really interested in the technical component of it, um, you know, you can go take a look at it. But I don't really understand what it is. I mean, I certainly don't pretend to to know what I'm talking about when it comes to development, even though sometimes I call myself a developer. Um I just know how to Google things really well when I need to. Hey, that's to do a skill stuff, in itself. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I don't pretend to know what I'm talking about when it comes to the actual implementation of it. So you'll want to definitely, definitely involve whomever built your site or whomever's maintaining your site uh, to, to implement that ongoing. And there are a couple of, I feel like there are a couple of WordPress plugins that I've seen around i'll admit i don't know a ton about them so if you are wordpress users um just take a look at that and feel free to send any questions our way radio at spinweb.net yep there are i just googled it there are some uh ema wordpress plugins i just didn't look at the uh i did not look at any of the ratings on any of them for those who are using wordpress unfortunately stop what (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks allison Thank that you. was enlightening. Any other questions from you, Michael? No, no. Is I think that it's pretty, helpful? It is very helpful, yeah. yeah. And if our listeners have any questions, email us at radio at spinweb.net. And if uh, Allison um, cannot answer, we'll pass it on to our developers, and I'm sure they will be able to help as well. So yeah. we'll, we'll get you an answer. I can find you an answer. I know the people. Yeah. So next week, I'm pretty excited. We actually uh, had another listener take us up on our listener rap session invitation. So we've got uh, somebody coming in next week with us. We'll announce him uh, next week when he comes in. But he reached out, said, hey, I'd love to come in and join you for one of your listener rap sessions. I've got some stuff to talk about. Um, so he'll be in next week. So that's our, our second one. So I'm kind of glad I made up this little tradition. I guess it's not really a tradition because it's just like something we started. But hey, maybe it'll lead to more. Routine, um, yeah. theme. Well, kind of breaks it up because I don't know. I mean, maybe people don't like listening to you and I banter back and forth. <laughs> well, he's yeah. got some good good Add topics to cover too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, looking forward to that. So with that, we will wrap up there. So thanks, Allison. Awesome discussion. Thank you. Thanks, Sam, for sitting in to, with, uh, or for Nathan, rather. Um, thanks, Sam. You did great. Nice work, Sam. Good nice job. Nice work, Sam. Good job. All right. Spin Radio is brought to you by SpinWeb. We're a digital agency on the web at spinweb.net. We are your partner for website development and digital marketing solutions. So if you have any needs in those areas for anything we talk about, give us a shout. You can send comments and questions to radio at spinweb.net. Thanks again for joining us this week. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.